Hi, I'm Rob Moore, entrepreneur, author, speaker, hustler, host of the Disruptors podcast. So I've been fishing through the comments on my YouTube channels, answering your most burning questions about money. I'm going to be spending more time in the comments answering your questions about money. So there's two things you need to do. Number one is you need to put a question in the comments. And number two, you need to like this video, subscribe to my channel and turn the notification bell on. So this is from Mr. No Smoking. My landlord lied me, saying all bill included tax and for last four years didn't pay tax neither. Got a council tax letter, but no one letter that showed up with 5294 due and court date. Wow. Okay, well, no landlord is ever responsible for your council tax. You are responsible for your council tax. All bills included will usually mean rent, heat, water. You definitely want to check the council tax. You see, a lot of people all blame the landlord for poor quality accommodation or really high rent. Well, you have to blame the government for really high rent because the government should be supporting tenants and the landlords need to make a profit. Otherwise, why would they take the risk? And for every scum or slum landlord out there, there's a tenant who hasn't paid rent in nine months you know, who's um, drugging up and trashing the place and gamifying the eviction system. Okay, what's on his shoulders? Plates of muscle. (laughs) So um, I don't know why I get asked this question as much as money questions, but what's on my shoulder is a harness from a brand called Alexander McQueen. Alexander McQueen have the harness design as one of their signatures. Um, I've aligned very closely with the brand. I only wear Alexander McQueen for business and personal and brand reasons. It's not a gun holster. It's not a back brace. It's not a backpack. And it's not some kind of sexual fetish. So there you go. I think the reason people ask me about this the most is because people generally get uncomfortable when things are non-standard. And... Clearly, I've done a good job at helping people remember something about me by repeating that process. And that, by the way, is called a brand. Okay, you're a very clever man and so right about our current situation here in the UK. Look, I don't see myself as clever or intelligent. I just think that we need to be aware of what's really happening in the world. So when people say our current situation in the UK or in the world, they're probably referring to the political landscape where most politicians now look to be careerists to develop their own career rather than change the world for the better. Because really you should be in politics because you are a civil servant, i.e. to serve civilians, to serve society. But unfortunately the political landscape is set up more to meet selfish needs than global humanitarian interest. You know, the cycle of being in power is too short, so no one can implement any change. There is no democracy anymore. And then these big corporations, essentially through their donations and power and influence, are able to control political decisions too easily. Then there's the banking system. And and now thanks to social media, which has its downsides, 
more people are now aware that the banks aren't there to look after your money, to help you save, to help you for your future retirement. The banks are there to make profit. They're a corporate entity. Um, and they're not looking after your money for your pension. They are taking your money under the guise that they'll give you a return, which they don't because interest has been lower than inflation for what, pretty much 12 years straight. Then they'll make out that they're looking after it when in reality, they're lending it, they're investing it, you're assuming all the risk and they're getting all the reward. And with authors and influencers now prepared to speak out about the central banks and the motives of the Federal Reserve or whoever's running what economy in whatever country, we can now see how the world and the system really works. We can see that the fiat monetary system is essentially a, a Ponzi scheme. It's, a, it's an unsustainably and ever eroding monetary system. We can now see more clearly how money is created as debt where the central banks, which is essentially a corporation, a profit-making entity, which of course it doesn't tell you, they don't have to earn their money to lend you. They can just create it out of nothing. And then when they lend it to you, they've caught you in the trap of interest. They want you paying interest for the rest of your lives because interest is their profit. And isn't it ironic that when you put your money in the bank, it's not secure, you don't own it anymore, and you get virtually no interest. But when the banks lend money to you, which they didn't earn, which was created out of nothing, which is just debt, they earn significant interest on you. They need you to be the opposite of a free, independent thinker. They need you to be a lemming. They need you to be a drone. They need you to ask no questions. Just keep borrowing the money, keep paying the interest. And think about this. If central banks linked to and run by governments can create their own money as debt out of nothing, why do we need a taxation system? They don't need tax revenue if they can print their own money. Yet we have tax revenue. In many countries, especially the UK, tax is almost as high as it's ever been. It's penal. It's unfair. It limits growth. It disincentivizes innovation and disruption. In fact, you could say that tax is theft. And if tax is theft, then possibly the greatest stealth tax is inflation. Tax is the other main way that the central banks and the system can have you as a consumer making them profit for the rest of your life. They stick a needle in one arm and they suck out your blood for your whole life in the form of interest on debt. They stick another needle in your other arm and they suck out your blood in the form of tax for the rest of your life. And then when you die, they stick a needle in your jugular and they suck out all the tax on your estate and they tax your next of kin. You're taxed when you're alive and you're taxed when you're dead. I wouldn't say I became enlightened. I'd just say I educated myself. Here's the thing with education. You read a book on business and entrepreneurship. Let's say Rich Dad, Poor Dad or Think or Grow Rich. Someone probably introduced it somewhere or you saw it on your social media. And reading those books is like opening a door. And then when you open a door, you see another 10 doors. And you see Robert Kiyosaki talking about good debt versus bad debt, being employed versus being an entrepreneur. And you see Napoleon Hill talking about the concept of a mastermind and attracting wealth 
and then you read another five books, you open another five doors, and then there's 25 doors. You open those 25 doors, read 25 books, and then there's 250 doors. And all of a sudden, you know most of the influencers who are credible in money and business and finance, and you've gone from reading one book a year to one book a week. And if you keep going through the layers of the doors and the layers of the doors, in the end, you discover how the world really works. Or you could just have a career in a lucrative field, get an engineer's degree, with everything going towards automation, engineers are more in demand than ever before. So I partly agree with this. Being an entrepreneur isn't for everyone. If you've got a very low risk threshold, if you've got a lot of responsibility, like mortgages and car loans and children. I met someone in my boxing training, he's got six children. And look, we're not all designed to be an entrepreneur. Like I know the rewards being an entrepreneur brings, and I wouldn't want it any other way, but I like taking risks, I like freedom, I like autonomy. I find it difficult being told what to do. In terms of some of the core traits of being entrepreneurial, I probably naturally had some of them anyway. Only you know if you're made for more, if you're destined for greatness. Tim Cook isn't an entrepreneur, and he does all right out of Apple. So there's an argument that you could just become so good in a field and still be employed and have a great living. But what if that's not enough for you? What if you really want to lead? You want autonomy, freedom, choice. What if you want to pay less tax? What if you want to make a greater difference? What if you want to be a leader? And if you've got any of those yearnings inside you, you probably need to be an entrepreneur. Now, I agree that the world needs more great engineers. Elon Musk is a great engineer. And in fact, you know, many of the world's richest people, many of the greatest billionaires, their foundation was in engineering. So you could be the employed engineer or you could be the entrepreneurial engineer like Elon Musk is. But it's those that are crazy enough to think that they can change the world that do. Why do you sound so angry? <laughs> Why do you sound so angry? Chill out, relax. Harry, do you think I'm an angry person? Yeah, I'm not an angry person. I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty chill. I'm 44, not 21. Um, I get pissed off about things like unfair tax, like our political system, like lockdowns, wars. And I'm not going to shy away from that. And I'm going to rant about that. But I'm a lover, not a fighter. And I'm probably one of the least angry people you'd ever meet. But let me throw this back to you. Um, John Zena, maybe you need to be more angry. Like, if you're settling in your life and things aren't where you want them to be, that means you're not pissed off enough. You're not angry enough about your current situation to change. So anger is energy. It's energy you can leverage. You just need to leverage it in the right way. And I would say anger can link to your standards. Low standards, low anger. High standards, high anger, when those standards are not being met. Our governments are currently not meeting the needs and standards of society in so many areas, and that does make me angry. So this is from Ash. Banks are corrupt. Such uncertain times we are in. I'm going to disagree with both of those statements. Banks are corrupt. When I found out that the central banking system was a cabal of 
the wealthiest people in the world essentially playing Monopoly by controlling money in the world. At first I thought it was corruption, a scam, and now I realise it's not. It's a marketplace. And many people who've consumed my content have heard me rant about how unfair the tax system is and the banking system is. It's only unfair when you don't know the rules. And when you know the rules of the game, you can play the game. Learn the rules, then break the rules, then make the rules. So why should a bank be there to serve you and look after your money, which would be a risk to them, and pay you interest without making a profit? You wouldn't set up your business uh, I'll look after everything for you that has a cost and a risk to me. Oh, and I'll pay you for it. Not even a charity would do that. So banks are profit-making corporations. They're not a scam. What I think is corrupt or a scam is the story you've been told is the messaging through schools and media. Oh, save your money with us. Come and join our bank and get a nice folder and a pen and retire and let us look after your pension and your children and your family. That's what's corrupt. Essentially, they're great marketers of having you believe that it benefits you when it benefits them. When you know how the banking system works, i.e., the banks are allowed to create money as debt. They don't have to earn money. They don't have to source it from anywhere. You want a loan, they can just create an amount of money as debt, not even print it now, just numbers on a screen. Then they can lend it to you. Then they can charge you interest. That's a very smart business model. Like if I could get this printer in my own company and you wanted to borrow money from me and I could just press a button on my printer and it would print out a load of money and I could give you that money and you would pay interest, <laughs> that'd be pretty tempting. That would be hard not to do. So I wrote the book called Money and, and my mission has been to help as many people on this planet get better financial education and knowledge. And what's the scam and maybe the corruption is that the education and knowledge around money is the opposite of how money works. So for example, I learned that the banks create money as debt and they leverage that debt to generate income from everyone who deposits, from depositors. So I first learned to play the banks at their own games, very smart games in real estate. I bought my first investment property in 2007 and I went to the bank and I asked for a loan, which they gave me. And they used the property I was buying as collateral, even though I hadn't bought it. I didn't even have to fund the deposit. And then I purchased the property with the bank's money. I got a tenant in and the tenant pays my mortgage, my debt. And then I get the rest as income after costs. So I created assets out of bank debt. Banks are creating assets out of your debt. So we can be pissed off and angry and think that the banks are corrupt and a scam. 
or we can learn how the smartest minds in the world have learned how to make money and play them at their own game. Now, anyone who's followed my content for a while may say I'm contradicting myself because I've been saying so long that the banks and the financial system is corrupt or a scam or whatever. And they're absolutely things that are. The thing that's the most corrupt, that pisses me off the most, is one rule for the banks, one rule for us. The central banks and governments are allowed to trade insolvently. They can knowingly trade, borrow and lend, being billions in debt. If you trade, borrow and lend or sell, knowingly in debt, that's called trading insolvently. You can be struck off as a director, you could even be done for fraud. That is wrong. It needs to be one rule for all of us. The next thing that makes me angry that I do think is a scam is the central bank's ability to print money whenever they want, to finance whatever they want, to reduce the value of your money, because every time they print money, they reduce the value of yours. And money goes over to different countries for wars and lockdowns, and we didn't have a say. The banks can take your money, which is supposed to be vaulted in savings, and through the fractional reserve system, they can lend or invest 90% of your money. If you took a customer's money and loaned or invested 90% of that, that would be trading insolvently. You could be struck off as a director. But I believe that everything exists in a paradox. And therefore, some of the things that seem corrupt in the world of banking and finance, all they are is a one-sided monopoly. And you're either a pawn in that game of monopoly, but if you really know how the rules of the game work, you can be the king. So the next part of the comment that I'm going to disagree with is such uncertain times we are in. We are not in uncertain times. We are in very certain times. If you go back through history, virtually everything that's happening now is predictable. It happened every 10 years or 15 years or 17 years or 100 years. Empires, for example. Reserve currencies, for example. Some people are saying that the dollar's not gonna be the reserve currency and that's really bad. Well, but reserve currencies, just like empires, they change, they evolve. The only thing that is certain is uncertainty, and the only constant is change. For example, right now, some banks have gone bust. To me, that's certain, because in the last recession, there were runs on banks, and banks went bust. We're 17 years since that last recession, so it's time for more banks to go bust. Banks borrow too much money, they don't have liquidity, people don't trust them. It is certain there will be more bank runs and there will be more banks going bust. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think it's easier to create change and get results when things are in order or things are in chaos? Do you know more millionaires were built in recessions than any other time in the history of the cycles? When markets are in order or booming, it's harder to get in them. When markets are in disorder or chaos or busting, much easier to start a business. The most uncertain of times are also the most exciting of times. Okay, so this is from Charlie. If you had to use a song about money to promote your business or you, what would it be? Other than Rage Against the Machine, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. That would be more for the government. So you wanna be a rock superstar and live large, your big house, your five cars, you're in charge. Coming up in the world, don't trust nobody. Gotta look over your shoulder constantly. Right, next one. Charlie again. I need to put you in slow motion. 
to absorb all the invaluable information that you provide. Well now, on most apps, you can do a 0.5 times speed. So I listen to books and audiobooks and podcasts on between 1.5 and 2 times speed to speed it up. I realise I speak fast, so maybe you need me on 0.5. If I had purchased Twitter, which animal logo would I use? I mean, the eagle symbolises a lot, but of course America used the eagle as their logo. The most disruptive animal is probably the ant. I mean, they can lift, what, 100 times their body weight? You, you know ants can create a rope out of themselves, where literally they build on each other, holding on and create a rope. Ants are hard fucking core. Ant-Man is the most underrated superhero. Ants are hardcore. Like pound for pound, size for size, their strength is just unmatched. Yeah. So the new Twitter logo is going to be an ant. This is from JR. How am I going to go from broke to a 400 pound investment into my future? Motivation peaked. Sell something for 400 quid. What do you know that others don't? What have you studied and you're ahead of the game with others? Turn information into income, content into cash flow. Um, because you know some things that other people would pay for. And you know, you could do one-to-one -one Zoom training, you could do group mentoring, you could sell an online course for 400 pounds, or a thousand pounds, or 4,000 pounds. This is a good one. This is from Free Dumb Fighter News. Obviously following me for my fight coming soon. I've heard getting rich isn't the hardest part, but staying rich is the hardest part. Do you agree? I think certain types of people are better at managing money than making money. Managing money, you might be more of an investor type profile. You might have a, a slightly lower risk threshold. Making money, you might need to be more entrepreneurial, better at sales, better at marketing, better at creativity, ideas, innovation. You probably need to be more relentless and risk-taking when making money, and probably more patient and cautious when managing and maintaining and growing money. If you look at someone like Elon Musk, he's great at starting business and making billions. If you look at someone like Warren Buffett, clearly a completely different type of person, and he's one of the best at managing and growing billions. I wouldn't say that one is harder than the other. I would say that they are different. There's no doubt you can do and be both. I'm an investor and an entrepreneur. And I'll tell you what's harder than getting rich and harder than staying rich, being broke. This is from Darren. Are robbers into property? Well, robbers get into property. I wonder if the banks are more the thieves though. This is from Amen Mark Ide. Money gives you confidence. Money gives you freedom. Money gives you the ability to say no to the things you don't want to do in your life. Money gives you freedom. Only you can give you confidence. You can learn confidence in making money by making money, but that doesn't make you a confident fighter. So confidence is specific to the area that you have mastered. So making money gives you money confidence. But what money gives you is freedom, choice, autonomy, profits, peace, travel, speed. 
And you know they say, money doesn't buy you happiness. Fucking does. I've been broke, I've been rich. Now look, when you're broke, you have small problems. When you're rich, you have big problems. But the size of the problems are linked to the size of the upsides. This is from Jackie Lund. The best revenge is success. I've heard a lot of Americans say that. I think that the best revenge is to have no desire for revenge. So this is from me, you. Tax is theft. There's an argument for that. Certainly if you ask the population, do you like paying tax and do you think it's fair? They're going to say no. And so if someone takes something from you that you don't want them to have, you could argue that that is theft. What makes it worse is the central banks and governments don't need tax because they can print their own money. So if they can print their own money, why are they also taxing us? It's council tax that really pees me off. It's corporation tax that pees me off. It's income tax that pees me off. It's national insurance that pees me off. It's duty that pees me off. It's double and triple taxation that pees me off, like on fuel. It's VATs that piss me off. It's really high insurance premiums that piss me off. It's congestion charges that pees me off. It's the drawing you in saying electric vehicles will have no tax and then taxing them that pees me off. I mean, if I only had to pay council tax, I'd be pretty happy. This is from Rachel. Does putting travel costs, electric products, etc., reduce the corporation tax? The answer is yes. And you need to do it wisely. Because if you buy things that you don't need, just so that you can have a lower profit and therefore a higher cost. The tail is wagging the dog and you're reducing your profit, therefore your corporation tax, but you're also reducing your profit, therefore your profit. So what you wanna do is learn what is expensible in your business. And to be honest, many things are. Most travel, as long as it's for business, accommodation, stationery, hardware, software, and just make sure that you do this exercise. Look at everything that you buy in your personal life. First ask yourself, do you need it? Then ask yourself, could that be a business expense? Now you can't expense things in business which are used in your personal life, but you can expense things in your business that are used for business. So for example, if you're a creator, the driving of your car and a driver to drive your car to the destination at which you're filming, and the camera, and the microphone, and your phone, and all the equipment, and the guest that you are recording with, can all be expenses offset against your corporation tax. Always get the advice of a really good accountant. Make sure that your accountant would put in writing, legitimizing an expense that you're looking to put through. On most government websites, they'll list the things that you can claim back. And when you merge your passion into your profession and your personal life into your business life, you're able to reduce your personal expenses, have the business cover the business elements of those, and therefore reduce your corporation tax, reduce the amount you have to pay yourself, and therefore reduce your income tax too. If you would like to get your money, business, entrepreneurship questions answered, or anything random, make sure you stick your question in the comments. I'm going to be in the comments much more. And before you get out of here, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.